0: That's it. You're married now. Like, if, if you analyze your life, you're single, analyze your life. Like, where where am I gifted? Where does God call me to serve?
1: Welcome to Black Top Pulpit. I am Andrew, pastor of the church at Sunside. So I'm here with one of our church members. Ken Duffy, and uh, well, we're going to talk about the sermon from this morning. We recorded these on Sunday, and they get published on Tuesday. So let's see. this morning, it's Sunday morning. We don't have a sermon on Tuesday morning, so
0: not yet, no, <laughs>
1: not, ever. You, you not me, ever. you just got me all excited. <laughs> I come on, <laughs> ah, if people wanted to worship on Tuesday. How am I to deny them? You know. Let the children come. <laughs> sure, why not, <laughs> uh, bro? What? <laughs> I don't even know how to ask. What? What about the sermon this morning?
0: Oh man, <laughs> like I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where to start on that. I, I, I was going to joke and say that's really, really strong coffee. So I just, just adds up. But why you got that out of the sermon this morning? <laughs> Um my goodness, so <laughs> i i I think the important thing that we could first touch on is it was preached first corinthians seven was preached from a pulpit in America, and <laughs> I think, you know, just out of sheer curiosity, I'm going to do some Googling later to see if I could find any. And if I could find a sermon that was done on First Corinthians 7, then I'm going to see, was it faithfully done or did you bring in, like, you know, Elmo and stuff like that and start talking weird Elmo? analogies, you know, like, oh, not of, me, the, okay. The, the little it. doll guy or, like, you know, did, did you did. start getting all awkward from the pulpit and kind of brush over the, the passage that talked about having sex and not depriving each other and, <laughs> and like seeing all the men be like, yeah, woman, like oh you see gosh. what he's saying. And then she'll turn and be like, ah, boom. Did you hear what he said about you? So yeah.
1: How awesome. how often do you hear a sermon <laughs> in church about, Sex that uh that doesn't just condemn it outright
0: mm, mm. great point two um because I know people that only have sex for procreation. All right. Pick yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old, <laughs> was that a diversion? Was a diversion. Was a, like, oh, no, another
1: thought. I'm continuing the conversation from earlier because I I got on YouTube and I looked up uh, First Corinthians seven. Oh, sermons. you're looking. Okay. So Calvary Chapel Ontario. Uh, he probably did all right. Uh, well, grace to you. So that's John Macarthur. You know that's solid. Yeah, that's probably solid right there. Uh, unless he gets into eschatology which wasn't in doing that passage so sorry i love jesse he made it (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 made the connect forced the connection uh have it from oh oh lakewood church who's lakewood church i don't know this guy i don't i've heard i've seen lakewood church but i don't know the guy oh jeremy maroney he kind of looks like t- Italian, too, like a mobster. On that's that awesome. One. Okay. Uh, mobster. Pastor. I got, oh, the Illuminate Community. Do a sermon on 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, all right. Another Calvary church, a different Calvary church. I don't hmm. know Skip Heitzig.
0: See, that's a mixed bag. You, yeah, you a decent Calvary so church. they so got some that are super, like, yeah. into Application and practical aspects, which I don't know how you could avoid application on a passage oh, you, like this. You can't. It, <laughs> it is application.
1: You start with application. Yeah. So you have quite a few sermons on here. It would be interesting to look at them and uh, and see which yep. ones which ones did well and which ones did not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Where did you get the, the uh... this this sermons called the problem of sex. <laughs>
0: The problem, what a problem, you know. I was wondering if you were gonna get there a little bit, you know. Like, I, I was listening, I was like, oh, all right, which is one of the big questions. I think the looming question, can we start with that? Yeah, all right. That's so, good. I didn't, I, I wasn't sure if I was gonna save it or not, like, but I think I have, I have a feeling there's not a, a ton of content to talk about. It, there could be, but I think as far as like. There are two points. Marriage, good. Singleness, good. Yeah, serve a purpose. <laughs> and in and, and, and the simplicity of this passage, um, which I don't think there's a lot of digging that needs to be done, and mo- most of what Paul's saying here is pretty straightforward, mm. but the, the thing that really like, loomed over my head, the whole passage, usually I answer questions when I ask them, and then I think about them and meditate, and like, through the sermon, I'm listening to you, and then I'm thinking about the passages, and I'm like, oh, and it didn't happen this week. It's like, why why did God make marriage at creation if, if it's better to be single? And I I know there could be ways to answer that. And uh, there's ways that I started to answer in my head. But I'm, like, I'm like, no, I'm like before the fall, like God united, like he saw that the the it is not good, as Paul's apparently saying something almost Conflicting, conflicting with that right um, does the
1: bible contradict itself
0: it's all i know like that, it's, it's a <laughs> good conversation right and i didn't answer it so it's going to be even more interesting i'm not afraid of this question good good we'll see if you stay not afraid
1: of the question <laughs> yeah uh, no marriage is part of god's good design that's clear mm-hmm. from genesis 1 and 2 uh he said it explicitly it is not good for man to be alone mm-hmm. you have a couple of passages in the bible that call that into question right uh, the first is in Matthew, what is it, twenty two, twenty three, 23, um, where Jesus answering the Sadducees says, nobody's going to be married, heaven." Right. All right. So what do you do with that? If it's not good for man to be alone, it's good for him to be married. God created woman for man and man for woman. How will there be no marriage in heaven? Okay, so there's question number one. I'm so glad we're getting to this on this episode I have given this a lot of thought. Can you tell? Oh, good. Then you're ahead of me
0: on this because I've given it about an hour.
1: <laughs> and, and, then you, and then you have the passage in 1 Corinthians 7 where Paul says, it is better to be unmarried. I'm not saying single on purpose. I'm saying unmarried because that's what Paul said. Hmm. And we know that Paul most likely, we guess that Paul most likely had a wife. Previously, I've never heard right. that before. Really? So you no. Know, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's another thing I'm reflecting on today. Yeah. So Paul, Paul's a widower. Mm. So when he says it's better to remain as I am, I'm saying it's better for widows and widowers to remain unmarried until they die, not better for everyone. Better for widowers, widows. Mm. Right. Singleness is God's plan for some people on the earth. That's good. Marriage is also good. It is still not good for man to be alone right okay but then you think about Jesus' statement in heaven there will be no marriage what god god not going with his initial design here right what's going on there and then you realize jesus is also talking about remarriage in that passage so it's it's the remarriage that's in view in both of those passages not the marriage itself and then we're having to rethink Mm. our whole doctrine of the resurrection right right Which I'm still thinking about and still thinking through because the Bible doesn't answer it. Will there be marriage in any form in heaven? Well, yes, because we'll be married to Christ, right? So marriage isn't just depleted, um, but will there be any form of marriage or relationship with the significant other God has for us? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I would like to know the answer. I can't teach one way or the other on it. Uh, either way you go, it's philosophical theology, because both Jesus and Paul were talking about remarriage, particularly right. with, with application towards singleness. So it's,
0: it's, uh, it's difficult to discern that. So without getting too... Deep in the weeds, and I mean, where would you even start? It's like I that's where I, I don't. When I hear like it seemed again, like it's playing this, I just this say, teaching. I say <laughs> I'm
1: content either way. Okay. your will be done.
0: I, no. I know by creation,
1: it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah, there's
0: there's something there. So because because the other thing that comes to mind is restoration. Is if, if God's restoring his, his his original design intention um, to fulfillment. Um, why restore why is it perfect union? Yeah. Well, it, Where's the, the perfect union? The, that, the whole thing is it wouldn't
1: change in that regard. What's good remains good. Mm-hmm. God's purpose for creation remains God's purpose for creation. What honors Him still honors Him. That doesn't change. There's only one thing that will change, and that's people will be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. People will forever have the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that change. But my my personal thought, where I land right now. God is redeeming and restoring His original design. Mm-hmm. That's where I'll leave it. Feel yeah. f-
0: feel free to philosophize beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that's where you just start to like wonder about heaven, and it's like I I try to wrestle through like you know we joke about it. Actually, me and Kathy have joked a lot about that. Like like when Jesus says there's no marriage in heaven, she's like. Score like, <laughs> like I, mean, I am set free. I, I, I really would be content either way,
1: but if if God's design is good, I have a yeah. problem believing it would just all of a sudden not be good.
0: Right? You know. Right. Man, I just—it's uh, just another perplexing reality of, of. But then, at the same time, now see, see, I'm talking this out loud, and now yeah. now the thoughts are coming. It's like the reality of 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 what we do in pursuit in our marriage, we're not pursuing each other. Like, and this is the funny thing: like, here I've, I've counseled tons of people, I've received tons of counseling on marriage, both ways, give and take. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, like the sound theology-you received tons of counseling, huh? <laughs> 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 yes,
1: <laughs> uh,
0: counseling is not taboo. Man. It's, it is it's not that's taboo. That's good there. stuff.
1: It's, <laughs> if
0: you are not being counseled on marriage. You're probably doing a really bad job with it. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not going to church because every sermon is. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But
1: you know, But, I mean, yeah, go but ahead, I'm go. thinking,
0: and it's funny because like i don't lose a lot of train of thoughts as i used to so maybe maybe my old age is you know doing <laughs> what are you, you call it? bringing you out of the cage <laughs> but essentially <it's, it's, laughs> right i i am like 20 years past the cage man there's no more cage <laughs> i invented the cage <laughs> where do you think the term came from <laughs> did you ever meet a duffy before <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm going to get too off track here. But essentially in marriage, you're pursuing, you're pursuing Jesus together. You're not pursuing each other. That's it. You're looking for your fulfillment in him, not in each other. Right. And the same like basis that I start with people on that, whether they're having trouble in their marriage or they're just looking to grow in their marriage. It's like, like you, you, you are, you are there. You exist to, to honor and glorify God. Um, and like, I, I love the emphasis that Piper added to that last generation in um, um, and and uh, actually, it wasn't just Piper. It was actually part of catechisms. So enjoyed him forever, so Heidelberg, Heidelberg, or Westminster? Uh, Westminster. Westminster. Yeah. So I can't attribute everything to John Piper. He does <laughs> get a lot, but not that one. <laughs> um, but but essentially, we're pursuing each other in our marriages um, to honor and glorify Christ, and to and to be fulfilled by Him, yeah. um, and to rely on Him for everything um, that we need. You know. So that uh, there's no there's no there's no gaps left that our that our spouses need to fill or sustain. Right. Um, we're 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 walking side by side in pursuit of Jesus. As men, we we lead and and help see our wives sanctified by 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 um, leading them well, making sure they're in the word, making sure we're living um, in ways that uh, teach. Um, through both word and, and mm-hmm. deed, so that they could see the gospel living in our lives, and we we make sure that that the Word is washing over our families, and yeah. that is done through our servant leadership mm-hmm. as men and 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 that we could get into the roles again, I think we've been here a few times, but essentially that that reflection of heaven when I think well how how could there be no marriage in heaven well it 's like, well, hang on. Like, really, if you look at the marriage on earth, like it, it, it's, it's more of like a linked arm in pursuit of Jesus. Not like this is this is the end game. Mm. Well, it's not to get in the, in the movie references. But um, yeah. yeah, this is one thing I didn't uh, get to point out during
1: the sermon. I would have spent another hour on on just this verse, which is yeah. perfectly fine. But I thought we have black top pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> so chapter in chapter seven here. Starting in verse 1, I'll just read until, uh, until I get to that point. Now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. But because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife and each woman is to have her own husband. That's, you know, by the circumstances of the world, this is one reason you should be married if you burn with passion. Mm. Not the only reason, but one reason in this world, right? The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, also, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Stop depriving one another. I like that part. Mm-hmm. Except, by, <laughs> except by agreement for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Here's where it is. And come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So that you may devote yourself to prayer. Uh, this is the acceptable reason, reason for abstinence within a marital relationship. Abstinence primarily from sexual desire, sexual gratification. And what's Paul saying in verse 5? So that you may devote yourself to prayer.
2: Yeah.
1: What? You mean like the single person? Mm. So that you can live like a single person in a biblical way for a time? And then come back in, into your marriage for that purpose that marriage has, right? Um, I The more, the longer I am married to my wife, the more I find myself equipped to live like a godly single man, right? Yeah. The more I live with Christ and my marriage relationship on this earth, the more I find I am. I am able, so when Katie's gone for, what was it, two weeks she was gone, I was perfectly capable, Mm -hmm. which wasn't always the case, right? Uh, Christ makes us less needy the longer we live with him, less clingy the longer we live with him, and more capable the longer we live with him. Uh, The type of marriage that the Sadducees were referring to is a, a marriage in which, in Matthew's gospel, when Jesus said, nope, nope. Nobody will be given in marriage. Mm-hmm. Nobody will be married or given in marriage in the resurrection. So I remarriage, but the marriage that they were defining was a marriage of ownership. Who will have this woman mm. in the resurrection? That was their question. Who will have this woman? Nobody. Mm. <laughs> if a marriage relationship exists, it'll be so perfect. that and that's a big if, right? It'll be so perfect. And be so godly that both partners Will live like single people, in a marriage relationship, in a covenant relationship with another person. No need for self-gratification. Both doing the work God has called them to do. Right. Nobody will be owned by anybody else in that sense. Right. Mm. Um, and then Paul's whole thing here, like, I say, if if we are going to take the position, not saying I am officially taking this position. If though we grant it, hypothetically speaking. If there is a form of marriage in the resurrection, Paul's words here make perfect sense. Um, I married my soulmate. I was sanctified in that relationship. It is better for me to remain unmarried now because my soul is already attached to another.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Better. See? Better. Better to remain unmarried. So I, I don't know what the resurrection holds. I have a lot of hope for the resurrection I'm content either way because I can live both ways. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, right? Um And it's good to know that I've basically conquered lust in this life. Yeah, and now, like it's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, other guys my age
0: are definitely not. Right? Other guys <laughs> three times your age right. definitely have not. There's
1: some creepy old guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know. We Went. No, I won't tell the story. <laughs> Maybe I should tell the story. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I mean, if you're gonna tell a story, it's like under these passages that you're gonna do it. So, uh, let
1: it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, we went to Hot Springs in Senoida. Is it Senoida? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, we went to the Hot Springs there to visit some friends, and my wife was hanging in one of the hot tubs. With some other ladies, and the guys were hanging out by the grill. I huh, don't that's a little interesting. So, huh, why did the guys hang out by the grill? And the ladies, were like, let's go cool. dip ourselves in the water. I don't know. Um, anyway, there was a creepy old guy.
0: Of course, that's always a creepy old guy. <laughs> he was naked. <laughs> no, no. And one of the ladies, like,
1: they're supposed to have the doors closed if they're naked at the hot springs, right? He didn't have the door closed, and one of the ladies walked by and he was like, invite her to come join him in the spring hot tub. And wow, I was, like,
0: oh, creepy old
1: guy! Yeah, so, yeah,
0: but confident
1: <laughs> apparently, because um, this lady was not old, she was, oh, she was young. <laughs> oh my, yeah, so there you go, yeah, it's it, uh, it's lust. It, it doesn't go away with age True. you you uh, practice it differently your, your body doesn't have quite the capabilities when you get older but the mind the brain mm-hmm. it, the heart it, entirely wicked yeah uh, that's just scriptures words Jeremiah that's 17, right 17 somewhere around there who can trust it who can trust it yeah yeah so yeah, con- conquering lust is no joke. You can't do it on your own.
0: Well, I like that. Um the comparison or the devotion that you, you do here, I would I would directly compare to fasting. Mm-hmm. And and like that question came up too like, are we supposed to fast? It's like your disciples are fasting. It's like it's and you know, Jesus got at this. I don't remember actually. Now that I bring this up at the moment, I don't know exactly what he said, but um, I think it's something along the lines. Oh, well, it's good to fast, but you know, if you're not I, something along those lines, I don't remember. Yeah. But no, it,
1: it wasn't we, John fasts. We fasts. Why don't your disciples fast? Jesus? There it is. There it is.
0: There's, yeah,
1: they have no reason to fast while I am here.
0: Yes. <laughs> They're going to when I leave. Yeah. yeah that was his answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, that kind of puts me in, into that same thought um when it comes to fasting, um, just from a physiological standpoint, which is I think I think Paul's getting at because it has a has an impact on you. When you're fasting, one of the things that you you're not confused about is your hunger. You know, right. like like if you're not eating, you're hungry. And and well, wh- why am I fasting? guess what's never going to leave your mind is, Mm -hmm. is like prayer and devotion to God, because like you're constantly being reminded through your hunger. And I think the link here is as awkward as it might be for some people to talk about, but that's the passage we're in is like, you're fasting from sex and it's, it's a, it's a fasting um, that Paul encourages to devote your time, yourselves to God. And guess what? It's in the context of warning people about burning with passion. So, most people can I say that most people would like don't have the gift of singleness, I think from the observation of humanity standpoint. Yeah, just simple observation seems to indicate that most people do not have the gift of singleness. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that Paul's audience is probably, you know, I think safely, and we'll just say maybe, um, a majority of people who would otherwise burn with passion without a spouse, um, or doing all mm-hmm. the other debauchery that they they did in mm-hmm. their day yeah. and our day. Let me
1: throw a question at you.
0: All right, all right. You're, I need to write down my train of thought. <laughs> Fasting sex. Fasting sex. <laughs> What's next? Are you Dr. Seussing me? <laughs> one, one, one foot, two foot, red foot, green foot, blue foot. All right. What's uh, your question? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs>
1: uh, you do. Yeah, you do. You don't forget okay. anything. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Uh, so you say abstaining from sex. The church at Corinth, obviously uh, has a problem with sex. Most people do not have the gift of singleness. Are are you or we insinuating at all? That people should get married merely so they don't burn with passion. Like, are you just getting married because you're a lustful individual? Is that? Mm.
0: <laughs> That's it. A- <laughs> that- I mean, that- right, um, right before you ended that question, I, I was going to say, Yes. And then and then Merely. Merely. Yeah. You always gotta throw in those like little twisters of words that make yeah. that, that so, load a question. So what would you think? Man, uh no. I'd <laughs> say getting married just to have sex, but I would say that would be a Some people do. I don't know so much in the culture anymore, but they used to. Um people people might do it, but I mean if we're if we're talking about like in a in a God honoring way. Yeah. Um, I would say I want to, I want to have, if I'm a single person, I I want to have sex. Um, I, I have, I've had, you know, I'm starting you know, you let's word it falls away. I'm trying to burn with passion. I'm starting to, you know, married women, single women walk and run. And, you know, I I can't just, I keep hitting my head and trying to, you know, pray and like, and like plead with God to, to to take my temptation away, but he doesn't because you don't have the gift. Um, those, those are where I'd say you don't do it for the reason of not burning with passion, but that's in, you, do it with the, you do it with the desire of honor and glorifying God with your, your mind, your strength, your soul, everything that you have. And, and in that, you take yeah. that captive to Christ. You take, you take, you take uh, this area of your desire to honor and glorify God. So would you marry someone saying, God, I love you and I want to honor you with my body and my time. I don't have the gift of signal this. Um, so, so I can say solely to gloria I'm, I'm, I want to find a wife. You know, I'm not marrying with the purpose of having sex because I can't not have sex. I'm marrying with the purpose of honoring God and giving all glory to Him with all that I do. So I'm going to marry to have sex so I don't burn passion.
2: Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I threw that little word in there. <laughs> no, I would never say just very, very black and white. Go get married so you don't have sex. But I've I've almost said that same thing to my kids. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I should have gotten married probably even younger than I did. And I got I was I'm sorry, Kathy. I think it was 19. <laughs> 21. She was 19. I don't know. We were we were young for, for America's standpoint. Right. Um, but but I think even in my life, um, I mean we dated for uh a few years before that too, so we should have. We should have just not, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, is beat around the bush. Like, we should have just gotten married because, yeah. like, it's so hard, especially when you know, when you find that someone, like, you're like, i get married. We're supposed anyway. to be together. Yeah. yeah we're getting like, married anyway. You like delay you it to for a fancy wedding. You delay it because you've got to make sure that it's the right person. Like, you, like we knew. I knew. I knew the second I saw her. And I'm not being all mushy. It, like, okay. you know when things so, are right. So,
1: waiting was 10 times harder after we got engaged. Mm. We were engaged for a year. Because now you're going to get married anyway, right? Now we know for sure we're going to get married anyway. It's 10 times harder, right? Now, we did it by God's grace. Mm. It was 10 times harder after getting engaged. Look, it's good to marry young. It's good to have a short engagement. And it's good to, to have such a definition of marriage that it is a covenant before God. Right. Because then, even if I'm marrying you because I burn with lust, because I burn with passion, right, and this is a covenant before our God together, mm-hmm. that marriage is going to take. If it's really a covenant before God, that marriage is going to take. And the reason you have so many marriages end in divorce. Take, not tank. I should enunciate a little better on this. The reason you have so many marriages, tank. <laughs> and in divorce or, or separation or just people having terrible unfulfilled lives you know, because of some bad marriage relationship. The reason you have that is it's because you haven't made a covenant before God. Right. Um, it's because you are only really interested in yourself. If you make a covenant before God, this is why just as as many arranged marriages work out as free marriages. Just as many. The statistics are the same. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Exactly the same. Why do you think that is? Well, because some people are interested in sacrificing themselves. Some people are only interested in gratifying themselves. And can you guess which marriages don't work out? Even if you start out saying, oh, I'm head over heels and I love this person if it's gratification you're after it'll be a bad marriage yeah
0: yeah absolutely yep. Hmm. marriage can i quote you a couple times <laughs> please don't I, oh no go ahead <laughs> you, i'm gonna say it because like you've had a dry spell man like i haven't i haven't quoted you at, at all in, in the past few <laughs> weeks so i'm like hey i'm quoting him again but more because i, did I, say I laughed <laughs> did i say something yeah <laughs> Marriage, marriage is slavery. <laughs> oh, that is pretty quotable. What a Wonderful way to phrase it. Okay, so I, I intentionally
1: try to stay away from quotable things. I don't want people spreading my stuff. No, just oh, please, I'm,
0: please. If I, if it's quotable, quote it. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's, it's 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 funny because it's true. <laughs> uh, but but I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't gonna expound on that a little bit. I I, I wrote down two things you said that stuck marriage is slavery get, I like, I like the nitty gritty stuff, like right to the point. No, No, like lightening the tone and things. I'm, I'm like, yep. Um, marriage, <laughs> marriage is a picture of the gospel in everyday life. So, so Do you like marriage, you being candid. Yeah. Oh man. Love. <laughs> Can I emphasize love? <laughs> I love being candid. Um, but could be, you tell like during the sermon,
1: especially at the beginning, I was like a little like hesitant. A little. Could you tell, no. Oh, that's good. Okay.
0: and no, I, I could feel it. I was yeah. like, oh. so I, I thought your attention was because of all the technical difficulties. And then here I come like right before the service and take your camera and go, whoop. And was like, I was like, you started Whoa! twitching a little bit. I'm like, Andrew, bro, it's just a camera. You're like, just get you moved it. Move. I was like, I worked
2: so hard getting that in the
0: perfect position. And I was like, <laughs> hey. like, I am here for your sanctification, Andrew. I always will be.
1: <laughs> All the technical but difficulties this morning. The, the computer sound. kept freezing up, wouldn't work, wouldn't live stream, so we had to use the phone uh microphone that i had on just uh it was bad oh. man there's some kind of connection problem now so i'm gonna have to get my soldering gun in. i'm pretty excited <laughs> guess, about that actually
0: get the solder
1: <laughs> yeah so live stream from the back of the sanctuary so the-, the whole sermon will be like this <laughs> <in the lunch>. <laughs> <laughs> sure Yeah, it was, dude it was that's rough. i'm so glad god isn't ruled by technical difficulties mm-hmm. the holy spirit is just the same and we have three or four redundancies in place so the sermon still gets recorded. <laughs> right, <the> right. <laughs> I love redundancies. And one Sunday we had them all quit working though. And I was like, mm. what? <laughs> Guess that one? So I, this is why we were at another church. So I went to my office after the sermon. I was like, Set my computer up. Here's a recap of the sermon. <laughs> you did that. That's hilarious. And I put it out and I knew it. It was like three times shorter than the sermon was. But yeah. I was like, I feel like I said everything in there that I said during the sermon. What was different? well I wasn't talking to people. That changes things. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. I was just reading the manuscript. Things go a little quicker when you're not talking to people. You can't read, can't read gestures, can't right. read those those cues that say, Hey, can you explain that
0: a little more? Or move on, please. <laughs> and no like awkward silences ever saying, Do not deprive one another from each other. Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you did. But I mean, you can't do that if it's not in person. I don't know if we did that. Did you think you did that? Because then maybe you did. <laughs> Time will tell. Time will I tell. The people are going to start me like Andrew. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. <laughs>
1: uh, you don't have to highlight things that are already awkward. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Of course, it's not really that awkward if you're just having a conversation. It's not. People make it more awkward than it is.
0: It's making it awkward is why it's become such a problem.
1: I think so. Everywhere,
0: yeah. um, in the church, out of the church, mm-hmm. like in our society, like yeah, like sex is a problem because it's such a taboo thing to talk about, and we should be. I mean, obviously, you're not gonna you're not gonna be graphic and 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 rude and crude. Like oh, you're like yeah. raunchy. You don't be raunchy. Yeah. I mean, you can easily have etiquette and taste and like do things properly essentially do things uh, to build people up so if we take yeah. that mentality um and talk about you know you know that off topics that you're not supposed to touch just sex is you know you could do it should do it mm. and i'm talking about speaking that sex but you should also do that <laughs> 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 don't deprive each other um that joke that-,
1: was, that joke was in good taste by the way that was that wasn't raunchy i hope that's, so because that's, that's, that's called a pun for our listeners that's, what a great pun where's my yoda award oh yeah we can go interrupt the ladies podcast and grab the yoda
0: <laughs> oh it's the fun now <laughs> i'm sorry this is gonna get bad we should probably cut it off <laughs> sooner it's than it's later things go too far there's man. just coffee in here i promise <laughs> That's the other problem when you get when you get men talking about the secret stuff, like things get a little crazy.
1: Um, I wanted Under to get what little... secret
0: women's stuff is about today. I know, right? <laughs> they don't talk about the sermon, so do they? No, they're walking through Piper's book. But they're still talking about marriage, so they are. To do that. Um, I wanted to talk <laughs> seriously. So so I, I could keep derailing, but this is a Don't forget singleness, by the way. Singleness. That was in there too. We'll get a singleness. I why I have this thought in my mind. Um, it is, it is important because um, this burning with passion problem that Paul's getting at is a real issue, or mm-hmm. can be, it can be, yeah. Um, and and this is where like we can we can joke, we could kid about like not withholding yourself from your spouse and stuff like that. And then typically it's like the dudes would be like looking at their wives and be like, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and that's because, where the conversation stops, right? Yeah, typically. Yeah. That's where you know men you know, typically have a higher sex drive, whatever. Um, but it, it goes both ways. But essentially, whatever way it goes, um, an unhealthy, unbiblical deprivation of, of sex between uh, two married people, um, a man and a woman, um, that is so important not to deprive each other. Like Paul is getting at something serious problem that can arise yes. out of depriving each other so so that whole like you used a great joke you know analogy whatever like some everyone loves raymond show or whatever where that's that's a thing like you it is like women and not oh exclusively but generally women can you know use sex as like a punishment to their husbands like my goodness do not this is one of the worst things you can do to your husband because there's real spiritual warfare that sprouts up yeah. and different men different times so like obviously there's you know we're not talking about the nuances of difficulties of you know marital problems or any other issues. we 're talking about just like healthy sexual relations between a man and a woman in marriage, um, depriving them of that either way um, and i i could I could say and not in a way that was deprived unwillingly but like on trips um, oh, yeah. I, I I traveled the world at one point and it was gone for a month. Yeah. And and I was I was so blunt, like knocked upside my head like what is happening like Satan used my distance from my wife to like bring about temptations in my mind. This wasn't like I was like walking in public and stuff and like I'm like there's like single ladies or anything. This was like like he, like Satan started propping up my dreams like and it started like you know just just attacks real spiritual attacks. He knew. My situation, and he knew I was away from my wife, and and like that's just like a major, um, extreme example of like like what would typically be, uh, you know, your home and, and your wife's depriving, yeah. husband's depriving one way or the other. You're 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 not coming together, and Satan for real mm-hmm. takes that foothold yes. in your marriage, and he'll use it to whatever way he can, um, and it's just not. There's nothing worth it. There's nothing worth it. Uh, whether whether you're you're grumpy and i'm talking both men and women like you're grumpy you're, you're having a bad week or whatever the reason may be, no, there's nothing worth worth allowing satan to get a foothold in your marriage and that's what it does yeah. um, sex is a powerful thing it can be used for righteous living it can be used to destroy marriages and lives but um, yeah. well, there's a reason one of
1: the one of the qualifications for elders is a, is a one-woman type of man mm. in the church, right? Um, cannot be ruled by his lust. Right. Can't be making passing remarks toward women. Can't be sexualizing women. Mm. Um, can't be given over to those raunchy jokes because that comes from the same sin, right? Um, and it's He's got to have a mastery over that Mm. because of the work of the Holy Spirit, not because of his own work, Mm. right? Um, Even what we saw with uh, Ravi Zacharias, right?
2: Mm. So
1: So sad. It is very sad. Ravi Zacharias, popular apologist, uh, very liked, very well-known. I still love the way he debated. Um, And after he passed away, a great secret sin was uncovered, a sin he had to work very hard at, a sin that almost proves somebody doesn't know Jesus. Yep. Right? And it's not up to me to make that call, but I mean, for real, like you have to work hard to sin like that. And and that's one of the things the scripture tells us, reveals that we are not in Christ. Right. So it's, um, he, he had a massage parlor and used it for his own sexual gratification. Yep. People were around him all the time. You have to plan and plan and plan and plan yep. and plan just to get off once. Yeah, and that's that's what lust leads to, and it's sad, uh, and it damages damages the uh, reputation of the faith.
0: Right. Yeah. It sure does. Yeah. yeah. I look in one aspect where it's like I could see why God would um, almost deplete the reputation of men and women for whatever reason that become famous, mm. influential, influential. But then it's like, Lord, why would you do that? Like, like here's, um, I don't know, I'm going to butcher his ethnicity. Is he, he's was he Indian. So he's an Indian man, um, that, that became one of the greatest Christian apologist apologists of our, our time. And, and then I would, I would go so far as to say there are probably, uh, many people if not a a great majority of christians that are just dumping his stuff because of what he might actually be like do i want well like i can't i can't watch a rabbi sermon or or, he doesn't preach really but his uh his stories stories and stuff like that i can't see his apologetics anymore and and be and not think of his grave sin and this is not like somebody saying you know what I cheated on my wife during marriage, I repented like this is not like it's this is like a premeditated, continuous, unrepentant life that apparently lasted decades yeah. without any repentance, any remorse. I can't yeah. like be edified by someone like that because i don't I don't trust or believe you anymore right. and that's where I think why would why would you do that, Lord? I don't know. Obviously, I could just quickly say, well, my ways aren't his ways, but I just really would like to know. I'm like, God, I was will to, you answer that? I was listening to uh Dever talk about this. I think it was Dever. Mm. But,
1: and uh and he was saying, you know, you have a guy like Robbie who is caught up in this decades long sin. And one of the reasons he was even like who doesn't notice that right um he said one of the reasons uh it was easy for ravi to get caught up in that is there was no accountability in his life mm. none whatsoever well, at least with billy graham you had man billy graham was all about accountability right not even getting in the car alone to with a any fault. woman was to <laughs> a fault yeah yeah i i wouldn't go the length that he does but yeah, he kept himself safe from he, that. He sure did. Yep. There's no accusing Billy Graham, right? Um, yeah, but it's there's no accountability there. He didn't have a church home. He was bouncing mm-hmm. around all over the country. Huge, huge. Yeah. You have to have a church family. I don't care how busy or popular you are. Oh, no, be at church on Sunday. Yep. Be at your home church at least regularly, so they can hold you accountable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, by regularly, I mean every Sunday. There's <laughs> yeah. no reason you should be traveling around the country and be missing a Sunday meeting with your local church. Yeah. There's a reason I haven't started traveling and doing ministry. That's it. Mm. You need the local church, right? That's right. Um, so there was that. No church home, no accountability. Mm. Um, even the best of us
0: fall. Yep. When we're not dedicated to the covenant community of faith. I think it's safe to say if you're, if you're, you're not, you will fall. Yeah. You, you must be Covenanting with faithful believers because mm-hmm. you will fall. Yeah. Whatever your your temptation or your bent toward mm-hmm. is, if you're if you're not being held accountable, yeah. that's a thing will happen. And you may not
1: fall sexually. Yeah. You could fall. Yeah. Sexual sin is not the only sin. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the most prominent. Just very prominent one. Yeah. Um, very, very prominent. Uh, let's talk about singleness a little bit before we yeah. run out of time here. Because uh, singleness, uh, it was mentioned in the passage today. Kind of a big idea in the passage today. You mean you mean somebody can live a biblical life
0: and never get married? Yeah. Crazy to think about. Yep. But it's a gift that God gives just like preaching. Shepherding. You know, it's like... Just, just like? <laughs> Are we going to start talking about eunuchs? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, there's a great value to that. And mm-hmm. even when it comes to the qualifications of a church elder, if the qualification is a one woman type of man, uh, rather than you have to be married at this moment in time. Right. Some people interpret it that way. Uh, I don't, I don't, um, I don't take it as a one woman type of man. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that opens the door of eldership to men who are single and men who are like all widowers Um, Oh, imagine that. It also opens the door for Jesus to be an elder of the church. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Disqualified. (laughs) Sorry, Jesus. (laughs) Sorry, Jesus. I'm married. Um, No, I think Jesus qualifies. And that's one of the reasons I interpret it as a one-woman type of man, right? Uh, Meaning a man who doesn't lust after women. Sure. If you're married, that's it. Right. Um, Jesus, of course, he was a no-woman type of man, which is even better. (laughs) From jesus's perspective he's he's divine he's god it yeah. complicates things a little bit a <laughs> little bit <laughs> or it makes them simpler <laughs> probably simpler <laughs> you know? but there's a there's a reason that's a qualification so even for singles like if if you don't have the burden of lust being tempted by the world's pornea, there's room for single
0: people as an elder as elders of the church too yeah it's, that's cool. And yeah. Deacons. Yeah, yeah. I think I think too often, like as in in a, in a way as as a disjustice to single people, this is too often kind of scoffed over. Like didn't gift me with that. Carry on. Um, but no, no, like this is like he desires it, yeah. for people to be like him. Like yeah. this is not like like oh, yeah, didn't give me like this is like you should analyze this. Yep. You should you should be careful that you know to think, well, if you have any desire for you know the opposite sex or whatever that you don't have the gift, don't do, don't be quick on this. Like if God has gifted this to you, you get married, that's it. You're married now. Like if, if you analyze your life, you're single, analyze your life. Like, where, where am I gifted? Where does God call me to serve? Answering the simple question, "Do I burn with passion?" is is something that you can ask yourself simply, but it could also be temporary, yeah. um, because you know you, you know whether you're going through just noticing that a woman is pretty, yeah,
1: it's not burning with passion, right? Um, desiring companionship is not burning with passion. Mm-hmm. You no, know, burning with passion is. Oh. Look at how much skin I see. Oh, now I have to go home and look at an image. Yeah. and Get control over you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and that that that's an easy way to gauge the power of a sin over your life. It's like, it's like as we, I, I love the language. That, is your sin roll, ruling over you or are you ruling over your sin? Right. Um, and, and that's one of the things with singleness. Like, just because you battle with something like lust, Again, I want to be careful not to not to go past what is obvious here in and in a, in a burning of passion, but but you can battle with the sin of um, uh, mis misusing sexuality, mm-hmm. um, and still have the, of, of the yeah. gift of singleness, gift right. of singleness. And 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 in Paul's mind here, which is pretty significant to look at, he he, he accounts us as a, a very huge blessing because you get to devote yourself fully to christ and imagine like um imagine the things that you can do uh, in a practical way so if you unpack the singleness reality mm-hmm. um married people devote so much time to each other like and yeah. then it comes down to things where like like there's times in my life where i'm i wrestle over like like would i be sinning if i if i you know take my time away from God right now to, to, to give to my spouse or my kids, you know, because it's, a, it's also commanded of me. And it's like, it really is like this torn battle. Like I love my wife. And I love my kids and I wouldn't change anything for the world. Um, but I do, I, I would say, yeah, it's not a bad word. Neglect. There's a neglect there of my devotion, my time, the things I could be doing and don't, whether it's for my safety, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put my life out, um, on the line, um, and have my family lose yeah. their well-being, like their provider. Like I am the breadwinner of the home. There's no other income or source of, right. of providing for my family. If, if I go out as a, you know, uh, what is my life type person to serve, you know, in the nomad lands, you know, and, and I get speared, you know, like some faithful people of old have done. Like, We're looking like at you, Jim Elliott. Yeah, Jim Elliott. Amen. <laughs> I, think there's, I, I have that tension. Would it would it be wrong for me? No, 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 not necessarily. That's where the tension is. Like, do I, Lord, do I go? Do I go to this place, or maybe I should just go to France because it's safer? <laughs> like, yeah. Or maybe I'll just stay in Sunset. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's no worry whatsoever. There's a tension. There. It is
1: interesting. And in, when I was in university, our college group asked this question: How can I give God one hundred percent and my wife one hundred percent? You can. Right, uh, not in this life, yeah if, uh, marriage is perfect in the resurrection, if it's even there, right um, well then that would be possible. I do find though that the the more I love God and serve God, the more I'm capable of loving my family and prioritizing well. so I do find that so maybe maybe in a sense it is possible to for us to approach that we just we just have these carnal bodies and carnal minds, uh, we don't know we don't know how it all fits fits together exactly I mean, we compartmentalize really easily so we can compartmentalize God and family I'm not sure that has to be compartmentalized you know mm. we have a role serving God in our families
0: another great thing to look at yeah. singleness I mean correct me if I'm wrong here it could be temporary could if be. if you take as a single person the mindset of I am not married. I don't have a spouse. And I don't have anyone I want to marry. Don't pursue marriage. Pursue Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, do you end up finding somebody that you want to marry? It's possible. Maybe you live 1, 10, 20 years mm-hmm. serving Christ with all that you are. And when it's time, God will prepare your heart and for you. No. And Yeah. I mean, like, like... Way way to orient yourself in the beginning properly, and you know, I'm just—I need to take notes on what I'm thinking now for my own kids. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Write but, that book. But, <laughs> write that book. My my—I have too many daughters to be worrying about right now. That I know need need uh, men that are unfortunately getting more and more scarce in our generation. Um, back to arranged marriages bro that's right <laughs> you know we joke around and you know who you are but we talk we've, we've been talking about who you are wait what, what are you talking to <laughs> <laughs> we, we we joke with some of our friends about some possible suitors yeah i i'm not waiting until my kids um start to burn with passion before I start to be able to help them well. Like um, I'm going to be thinking if, if my sons and daughters are going to get married, I as a good parent, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I could point them towards the right person or in in a lot of situations, which is not wrong, but it's become taboo in America. um, The, the idea of arranged marriage, I wouldn't say forced marriage. I would say like, like, when parents like believing, yeah. parents like find the spouse of another and try to make that work and, and encourage it. Don't mm-hmm. force it, but you're like saying, "I think this is a good person for you to so, marry." So you laugh,
1: you laugh. Yeah.
0: Maybe my mom and Katie's dad
1: were kind of doing that with us. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't laugh. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Parents think, often know better than their kids. So. Yeah, uh, what? You're young. You know what you want. And that changes after you marry, yeah. Um, your parents already have already been through that, know what it's like, know mm-hmm. what to look for. Hopefully, they're wise, right? Hopefully, they're of God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And look, if you're honoring your parents, you want them to be okay <laughs> with the person you marry anyway. Um, and if and if parents love their children they're going to be sure that their children love this love the spouse that comes along that's a right. uh, arranged marriage is not a bad thing um, no I'm pretty sure dating is evil <laughs> uh, <laughs> you
0: know? that's already off limits in our home
1: yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it steals all the intimacy for marriage without the exclusivity and without the commitment it's
0: it's evil yeah it's lust it's yeah. all it is it's, he, he, uh, I don't mean I want to interrupt you, me. but like, this is what I tell my daughter, and I and I I I, I wish to God that I had, and I and I don't mean this is an insult to my parents, but I wish to God that I'd had this type of um, speaking in my life with things like this, but mm. but and not to make myself sound all noble and and wise, but I, I tell a I, I simple truth to my daughter um i say a daughter because she's the oldest one that's getting closer to you know that age yeah. where, where we're going to start talking about these things more and more marriage and sex and all that stuff um your you live, husband you don't
1: already have her lined up to be married uh, almost
0: <laughs> 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 a, we have a suitor We'll put it she's only 13 <laughs> i don't i don't want to be caught unprepared yep. <laughs> yeah, one more year bro one more year i'm telling <laughs> all of my kids and i think this is very easily applicable to all singles, yeah. all singles across uh, all generations of all time. If you are to be married, if, if you're, you don't have the giftedness of singleness and you are not going to be married. If you are single, your, your husband or your wife is out there most likely already, unless you are going to marry a big different age or something like that. But most likely I could tell my oldest daughter, your husband's out there yeah. and, and your, your job right now is to start being faithful to him now, yeah. not when you meet. And and I pray for her husband, if she is to be married, um, that he is being faithful to her right now. And, and you better believe that I am going to make this young man very uncomfortable with these questions. I'm going to ask all of these things because these are the, these are the way that we should be thinking. And if sex and marriage came up more in Christian homes, we would be talking this way. It, we would naturally conclude, like, through just general conversation, because this is how I arrived at it. Like, like, you should be faithful to your spouse. You don't need to know them yet. Yeah. You, you, have, you have one spouse in this life. You are joined together. God says what he joins together, you don't separate. What separates marriage? Death. So you're alive? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you're exciting a lot of Mormons today. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, not in a Mormon sense. Are we are we gonna oh, get a, a room to like start the mortifying people permanently uh, in ceremony? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh.
1: No, in the Mormon sense, oh, no. in the Mormon sense, the man retains ownership over his wives. Mm. So we don't know. Stop. That's that's what the Sadducees were talking about. We yeah. don't want that <laughs> again. A really
0: interesting uh, like okay. point that you brought up that yeah. I, I, I didn't yeah. f- ever focus on that aspect of the reality of cultures historically. Yeah, and embracing sin essentially is like the idea right. of dominion over your wife. Right. You know, or it's not cool. Yeah, like cool. like that. That's embracing your what what sin broke in perfection a perfect world you know when sin came in now you want to you know lord over your wife that Mormon doctrine starts
1: to get real complicated when you start thinking about extended family Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how what are the logistics there (laughs) oh man yeah What if some of my extended family is a Mormon? <laughs> what if this person got married over there and they're living over there, but we're all supposed to be connected and living in the same area? How does that work? I don't know. I guess real complicated. Yeah. Trust me, I went down that rabbit hole. <laughs> what, like,
0: what are the logistics here? Well, the logistics <laughs> are another quote from you. Um, and I, I, I prefaced it with a dot, 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 religious orgies. <laughs> I have to ask Nero and Domitian about ask that, okay? Nero Domitian. Uh, Had some Mormons.
1: <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Yeah. Well do we have anything else in this episode, bro? <laughs>
2: oh
0: man, I, I I'm looking through it. I think we we covered it pretty well, the only thing we didn't talk about was purity culture, but we I think we've talked about that before too and I think so. I was going to throw out another pun, but it was a raunchy pun. I want to be honoring and uplifting with my words. So I'm going to know when there's a time to speak and a time not to speak. I mean, there you just go. Ended there.
1: There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Black Top Pulpit. Be sure to check out the church at Sunsites.com. Check out the resources there we have available for you. Past Bible studies, sermons, all of it recorded for your listening or watching pleasure uh please consider donating pray over our ministry so that we can continue doing the work that we are doing here and i uh, pray for us as we continue through first corinthians because uh well, it's a simple exegete man it hits like a hammer so be praying for us here hope you join us soon if you are not already a part of the church at Sunslice we'll catch you next time